This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. In the word for us constantly is even praying for us now. And I'm very grateful that she has the opportunity to get away and she can trust us to continue on even while she's away. So I want to honor her. And as we move forward, we're going to do the things that we always do because we know how things work around DFC. So we're going to go ahead and get into our, our confession. So if you don't mind standing for just a moment and hold up your Bible if you have it or your device. And we're going to get into our confession. Confession is good for learning. So this is our Bible. You can repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I'm a doer, not just a hearer. And my life is the better after having heard the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to pray. God, I thank you and I praise you for the opportunity to minister your goodness, Holy Father. You gave me a word today, and I'm excited to share it with the people, Holy Father. So I pray that you speak to me and through me, O God, so that I can deliver what you have given to me, O God. All of you and none of me, so that you and you alone will get the glory, honor, and praise from this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got one more thing, and that is our core scripture. Y'all know it's the DFC anthem. It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Ready, go. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again. One more time. When is faith? Faith is always now. Faith is always in the present tense. If it's not now, then it's not faith. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all can have a seat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, our pastor has been ministering to us about the armor of God and what that means for us as believers and what we're supposed to do with the equipment that God gives us. And I'm going to continue on in that vein. Our core scripture for this particular uh, series that our pastor is in is found in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And we're going to read some parts of that today. But I really want to encourage you on, as we think about the whole armor of God, which our pastor has been talking about, we really have to challenge ourselves to think about having on the right stuff. So if I had to call this anything today, I would call it having on the right stuff. We got to have on the appropriate things for the appropriate mission or the objective or the battle that we face in front of us. So it's not good enough just to have on any old armor. We have to have on the right stuff. So the main thing I want to tell you before we actually get into it is you have to be dressed appropriately. If you're not dressed appropriately, you're not qualified for what you're standing up to do. So we're going to get into that in a little bit, but it's really important to know that how you're dressed impacts your purpose and your place. So when I think about it like this, I got this example, and it was, it was kind of silly, but it works in all forms. We've been talking about the football player, right, and how the football player can't just go out on the field with shoulder pads and nothing else. He is dangerously unprepared for what he's about to do. Same thing goes for anything, really. The example I've got was, um, let's say, I'm just this world-class brain surgeon, right? I'm just changing the face of medicine, and I'm just out here saving lives and doing great things. But if I show up to an operating room in dirty old gardening clothes, I'm no longer eligible to do the thing that I was supposed to do. 
no matter how great I am at the thing I'm supposed to do, I have come dangerously unprepared, and now I'm inappropriately dressed, making me ineligible for the things I'm supposed to do. My place and purpose are just blown because I did not show up prepared. Gardening clothes are clothes. They cover what they're supposed to cover, but they're not equipped for the mission that is ahead. So it's really important to remember that because that same principle applies in the spirit. You can't just show up with any old kind of armor. The Lord instructs us on what kind of armor we need to show up in very clearly, and we're going to read that in just a moment. But, but it's not good enough just to have on any armor. You have to have on the right stuff. So let's take a look at purpose in place of the armor of God in the actual accord scriptures that um, pastor has been preaching from. So I'm going to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 10 and 11. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version as well. So, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It gives you very clear instructions right there. Be strong in the Lord, stand in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God so you can stand against the wiles or the tricks, the schemes, the plots and ploys of the devil. So knowing this, we can very clearly see two things. We can see purpose. The purpose was very clearly laid out. The purpose is to stand against the wiles of the devil. There's also a place here, too. And the place was in the first verse. It tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So if we're going to stand in a place, that's a, that's a location. We're invited here to stand in the power of the Almighty. You can't just walk up in the power of the Almighty with any old kind of armor on. So he instructs us on exactly what kind of armor we need in order to be properly equipped to stand in the power of the Almighty. So it's very important to remember when we see words like in, that's covenant, that's agreement, that's a location. We get to partake in the power of the Almighty if we meet the criteria that he laid out. Thankfully, he doesn't hide the criteria. It's already written out for us. So let's go ahead and get into some of that. Before we actually do that, I do want to say one more thing. You can only operate in the power of what you have on. That's going to be crucial because we're going to look at some of the right stuff, which is what God laid, laid out for us, and then we're going to look at the wrong stuff and how it compares to the two. You can only operate in the power of what you have on. So that's why he tells us to put on the armor of God so we can operate in his power and might. If we don't have that on, we're limited to the power and the might of whatever we have on. If you got on your own armor, you are limited to your own power and might. If you got on whatever the world left laying around, you are limited to the power and the might of that. So if your power and your might is anything like mine, it's going to disappoint you every single time. So we have to commit to putting on what God says to put on. Otherwise, we're going to be limited and fall short every single time. So we're going to go ahead and look at this armor, and I'm going to read verses 14 through 17 of the same chapter, because it's going to give us exactly what it is that the Lord left for us to put on in this time. Verse 14 starts by saying, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Some versions say put on the belt of truth, so we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shod just means to strap on, put, put peace on your feet. <laughs> Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we're going to go through each one of these and look at what the right stuff is, and we're also going to see what the wrong things are so that we can know 
exactly what it is we're supposed to put on in order to be able to stand in the power of God. So the first thing is the belt of truth, which I thought was unique. Nobody has ever gotten dressed and said, oh, let me put my belt on first. Like, why is the belt mentioned first? Is that not, is that not weird a little bit? I thought, it was, I thought it was different. But it's very important to remember what a belt does, especially in the particular armor that we're talking about. When, a, when we're talking about a belt in a thing of armor, we're not talking about something that's supposed to be so strong that could take on any attack or like a bulletproof belt or anything like that. That's not the objective here. The objective is to use the belt how it's intended to use. The, sh- the strength of the belt is not in its ability to withstand an attack, but it's in its ability to hold everything together. The belt holds the entire situation together. It holds the top to the bottom, the bottom to the top, and it's also used to hold the weapon. You holster your weapon in your belt. And so it's very important to have a solid belt on before anything else because it's very symbolic of the truth. You have to have a very solid truth before you do anything else. If you try to get dressed and your foundation is shaky and you don't have a solid truth, the rest of your armor is liable to be faulty as well. You don't have anything holding it all together. And if you don't have a good truth holding you together, you're liable to crumble when attacked. So you have to have that belt of truth. It's crucial to know what truth is the truth. There are a lot of things claiming to be true. And sometimes we even hear the phrase, my truth. And, and I'm not going to belittle the phrase because we're often talking about our own feelings and experiences and things like that. And that's, that all has its place. But we can never let our truths be bigger than God's truth and the truth of who he is. His truth is the ultimate truth. Yes, we have our feelings, but our feelings lie. We have our facts, but our facts change. But the enduring power of God will never change. It will never lie. And we have to know that the truth of God, of who God is, is going to last forever. So that has to be the thing that holds all of this together in the first place. So yes, I'm going to grab truth first. Why not? So moving on from the, the belt of truth, we have the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness covers the torso. It covers all of your vital organs and it covers your heart. And it's really important that, that righteousness is kind of conflated with that because righteousness should be guarding your heart. That is the one thing that God left us that is uniquely his. He has the monopoly on righteousness. He is the only one who gets to decide what's righteous and what is not. So in that case, we need to only pick up his righteousness because there will be a lot of other things out here saying it's right when it's not. We can't all be right. We, we can't. Everything out here can't be right. But God chooses to make us righteous by giving us his righteousness. So it's really important to remember that. It's even important to remember that it's our nature to, to try to seek out and choose for ourselves what's right and wrong, you know, when the Lord has already laid it out for us. And that's a part of the wrong stuff that we need to start taking account for. We have to make sure that we're not doing anything beyond the word of God to decide what's righteous and what's not. We saw that fall apart for Adam and Eve. God already very plainly laid out what righteousness was. He already told us, but they decided to seek out for themselves what was right and what was wrong. And we saw that the results of them picking up the wrong stuff resulted in them having to actually leave the power in the presence of God. They were already in the power and the might of our God, but they chose to pick up their own equipment as opposed to trusting what they were left with. So we have to remember, he is the one who has the monopoly on righteousness, and we have to go with the righteousness that he left us, because you will never find a better one. He's the only one who has it. We're going to move on to the, the gospel of peace and why that's strapped to our feet. I found that interesting, because I never thought about peace 
being attached to my feet. But if you really kind of think about how we live right now, it's a very interesting time, you know. We're constantly being bombarded with all kind of stuff all day and night, just throwing things from, at us from our phones, from social media, from work, school, whatever it is. We're always being faced with all these things. And it's really important for us to have peace because the world is doing these things, throwing these things at us, hoping that we will stand on anything and run with everything. The objective is to get us to stand on anything. I will hinge my entire life on whatever I just heard 15 minutes ago. And to run with everything. I don't care who said what, I'm going with it. And until I hear something different, this is what it is. And we'll find all these crazy things going on on social media. You know, people get their information from social media or even anything else. If you're not getting your, your information from God, you're liable to disrupt your peace. You're liable to take those that peace off your feet. It needs to be strapped there constantly, otherwise your foundation will be shaky. Isaiah 55 and 12 tells us that we will go out in joy and be, and be led by our peace. We're supposed to have peace on our feet so we can be led by our peace. So, if you find yourself in this position where you're overwhelmed, overworked, overstressed, overstimulated, you need to check your feet for peace. You might have accidentally snapped out of those boys a little bit. You need to make sure you have that gospel of peace on your feet. Otherwise, you will find yourself standing on anything and running with everything. Next, I want to talk about the, the faith shield, the shield of faith. I found that really interesting that that was um, equated with faith, that the shield is the faith. Because, first of all, if you look at a shield of faith, it's, the only piece of the armor that we've gotten to so far that is not actually attached to your body. It's not armor in the respect of you putting it on, but you're holding it. And, and that kind of leads me to see a couple of different ways. One, it's more versatile. If it was attached to my body, first of all, I wouldn't be able to move as good, right? Like there's a giant Roman shield attached to my body. I can't move the same way, right? And then the other thing is, if, because it's movable, this leads me to believe that if there was attack coming from above, I could use my shield to block out that attack from above. If it was coming from this way, I could use my faith shield to apply pressure from wherever the attack is coming from. So you really have to remember that that faith shield is in your hand for a reason. It's there to prevent attacks from any place, whether it's up, down, left, right. It really does keep you covered in a way that not having a faith shield could never do. It could never do. It, the scripture itself says, um, put on the, um, take up the shield of faith because to quench the darts of the fiery, the fiery darts of the wicked one, you know? So it tells us right there what's coming at us. It's a fiery dart. If you have a fiery dart coming at you and you don't have a shield, you are not going to be effectively prepared to, to quench that dart. I will never put my hand up to a fiery dart. We've got to have the effective tools in order to quench those fiery darts. And it tells us that the faith shield actually does that. So we have to trust the equipment that we have to do that. It offers far better coverage. The last thing I want to say about the, um, the faith shield was something I found in my, in my research. Uh, many warriors and armies throughout history have formed what is called a Phalanx. I think that's how you say it. It's P-H-A-L-A-N-X. Look it up later if you're curious. But it's, um, it's, this, it's a battle formation that many soldiers have taken on 
And it's super interesting because what they all do is they all grab their individual shields and they stand shoulder to shoulder next to each other and they put their shields up in a way that makes their unit impenetrable to the enemy. So now I have my face shield up. You have your face shield up. We're getting in agreement together. There's no scenario to where the enemy can penetrate our face shields together. That's the other reason that is not attached to your body. You've got to mix your faith with those who are in faith with you. You've got to have that impenetrable force. So keep those things in mind because if you're trying to create a shield with anything else, it's never going to be as strong as your face shield. It will never cover you, but it, you're trying to hide in something that is not intended to cover you. So you've got to remember, God calls us to be covered, not just hiding behind whatever we can pick up off the ground. He's given us exactly what we need in order to effectively have faith. I'm going to move on to the helmet of salvation. This one was really interesting again, too, because you would think a helmet is crucial. And we've gone through four other pieces of armor before we even got there. But it shows you how crucial it is because... At this point, we've covered so much more of the body, and now we're getting to our heads. We know helmets cover our heads. They cover our minds. They cover our thinkers. If you take a blow to the head in a a battle, you're probably done, right? There's no more battle for you. But the the helmet of salvation is offered to keep us, to to help us to remember that we need to keep salvation on the forefront of our minds when we're facing difficult times. We need to remember that the victory has already been won in every scenario possible. When we were saved, we weren't just saved from a burning hell. That is true, and I'm very glad about that. But we were saved from every single attack of the enemy. We have already been saved. We were already rescued. So most times when we get to a place where we're, we're wandering and we're doing all these things, it's not because we're not saved. It's never because we're not saved. It's because we did not have salvation or the forefront of our minds. We need to make sure that we're keeping those things up there as opposed to the wrong stuff. The other things on your mind will not do for you what salvation will do for you on your mind. Being worried about it, distracted about it, and just all out having a mental anguish attack is not going to get the victory that you're looking for. The victory has already been won. You have to stand on the salvation that is given to us in the, in the helmet of salvation. So keep those things on the forefront of your mind as well. Lastly, I want to talk about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the right stuff. I find this particular piece of, ar- of armor super interesting because, again, it's not attached to our body, but it's the only piece of offensive material that we are given. And I promise you it's the only one that we need. It is the only piece of armor that will allow us to attack the attack before it even comes. We have the opportunity to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to attack the thing that is actually attacking. All the other armor up until this point was defended to take attacks, and they do that well. It's effective. However, with this piece of armor, I get the chance to attack the attack before it even tries me. And and that's just such a blessing because I don't have to wait for the fiery dart to come at me. I get to tell sickness that I'm healed. And by his stripes, I get to be healed. I get to tell lack and poverty that there is no scenario that my God will not supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. There's no scenario where I have to accept failure because he has made me the head and not the tail. Above only in every situation. I do not have to accept those things. And I don't have to wait for them to try to challenge me. 
I can speak the word and use my sword in every area of my life and see victory before the attack even comes. So you got to remember that that sword of the spirit, that's a bad thing right there. You got to use that sword and you have to use it effectively. If you're not using it effectively, what was intended to be an outward attack could become an inward attack if you're not watching your words. You got to remember that the words that we're using are the word of God. We have to use the word of God. That's what he gave us. When we start taking up the word of the world or our own self-talk, our own self-doubt, now we got to stand in the power of the might of that. And I don't want that sometimes. I have to always be seeking the word of God. Otherwise, my words can come back and hurt me when they were intended to attack the attack. So you've got to remember, use that sword and use it well. Otherwise, it can become a detriment to you as well. So we've gone over all the ways that we see the right stuff, and we've kind of seen how the wrong stuff looks in the same scenario. So at this time, I really just want to encourage you to examine your armor. Examine what you have, because God gave it to us. But the enemy is looking for an opportunity to swap out whatever he can and get in there and just try to make it look like it is what it's supposed to be when it's really not. Some of these, um, these wrong stuffs that we talked about, they look like godliness. And it even talks about um, people having a form of godliness. It looks good. It looks sanctified. It looks strong and fortified by the Lord. But in reality, it was a, a little bit of a rope and dope, a little switcheroo in there. Now we no longer have what it is that God called us to have. So we've got to inspect our armor because the enemy is definitely doing that. He's looking for opportunities to swap out the truth of God for a bold-faced lie. He's looking for an opportunity to pervert righteousness in our eyes, causing us to seek out other forms when there will never, ever be another righteousness outside of God. He's looking for us to take off peace from our feet so that we'll be running around in circles trying to figure out what happened or what went wrong. He's looking for us to drop our faith shield and pick up something that will never hide us the way the faith shield will cover us. He's looking for these opportunities to have us all messed up in our armor. He wants to keep our minds on anything and everything but salvation. When he told us to put on the helmet of salvation, we have to keep that because the enemy will throw anything at you just to keep that salvation helmet far from you. You've got to keep that on your mind. The enemy is looking for an opportunity to turn that sword of the word against you so what was supposed to attack him will attack you. You've got to be mindful of that. Otherwise, you will find yourself with the wrong stuff on. We've got to forsake the wrong stuff. We can't just pick up any old armor. We have got to put on the right stuff so that we can be strong in the Lord and stand in the power of his might. Amen. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.